to explain it to me like I'm a 10-year-old today. I'm very lucky to have Andrew Remlinger with me, the co-founder of Source, a new type of supplement company that combines two vital things, vitamins and chocolate. They have five products with some boosting energy, helping with skin, and even mood. The chocolates are vegan, keto, and delicious. Andrew founded his company in 2020 with his wife, Jenny Moore, and actor Sarah Hyland. I'm so excited for our interview today. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to learn more about Source. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So my first question for you today is, what's wrong with the supplement industry right now? Well, from our perspective, there's a couple of things. Um, one was being um, delivery format. So our pain point, my pain point, my co-founder and wife's pain point um, came down to vitamin absorption um, and just the ineffective um, products that were on the market, which are namely pills and, uh, and capsules, um, where you may only absorb 50% or less of the actual nutrient in that pill. Um, with our products in our delivery format, it allows you to absorb a much higher percentage of that format. And it's also... I think more importantly, something you look forward to taking. Um, I think we all can say chocolate is a delightful treat. Charlie, I think you've tried the products as well. It's something you remember to take. And a lot of consumers um, are suffering from pill fatigue where they're taking a number of medications or a number of supplements and their routine just becomes a whole handful of pills and it feels like medicating. So we really want consumers to kind of reclaim that experience and really treat themselves um, while they're treating their taste buds. Right. And that's that's one of the biggest problems of the supplement industry. And sometimes the consumer doesn't even know if the product is effective, like right? it was the lack of regulation. So how does source make sure it's effective? Uh, great question. So unfortunately, the supplement industry is not heavily regulated. Hopefully the FDA will be passing some more um, regulation um, uh, and kind of guidance um, in the near future. But all of the ingredients we work with and use are clinically backed. Um, so by our own team, as well as by our medical team reviewing peer review research and what's currently on the market to make sure that the claims that we are um, putting out are substantiated. And we actually are going through our own clinical studies on our products to prove out the format and the efficacy that has um, only previously been, uh, been researched on just chocolate itself. So we'll be, it'll be exciting. We'll be able to make specific claims on the efficacy of the ingredients and the improved efficacy on our format, um, which we can't wait to share the results of the, the num numerous clinical studies that we have in the, in the works right now. So yeah, tell me about the story of how you started Source. When was yeah, great, it? Yeah, great question. So um, uh, it's kind of this uh, Cinderella story, if you will, because it was with my um, girlfriend at the time, now wife. Um, she had a pain point that I think I mentioned before um, related to vitamin absorption. And I did too, where we were taking um, a whole host of supplements, so B12, D3, and realized that we were um, deficient despite taking those um, and found that out through a blood panel, actually. And I think a lot of customers and consumers and people can resonate with that, um, trying to figure out like what's wrong with, why are you not feeling great despite eating a clean diet? Um, we're plant-based and are generally overall healthy. Um, so we had, we found this pain point, um, in this issue and kind of like, what the heck, like we're taking specific supplements to solve these specific issues, but it's not working. There's gotta be a better solution. Um, so we did a lot of research and, um, and, uh, and worked with the medical team on discovering that chocolate is a, um, phenomenal deliveries, um, format or mechanism for, um, nutrient absorption. 
Um, its natural properties make it a prebiotic and it's rich in polyphenols and other antioxidants that help your body absorb nutrients more effectively. So it's kind of like this aha moment. But then the next question is, why has no one done this? Of course, um, because it seems like such a novel idea, but um, it's interesting because pharmaceutical companies actually looked at filing a number of patents a number of decades ago on Shopit as a delivery system for format or for supplements, but they didn't do it for a couple of reasons. One, taste. It's challenging to use um, or to not use masking agents or to get something into that small of a format. And then two, the logistics of shipping product um, or chocolate, which of course melts. Um, so that's why we use a candy, um, a candy shell and also use a type of compostable insulation in the summer to allow our products to get to the consumer when it may be 100 degrees where you are. Um, so that was kind of the aha moment. Um, and how we created what would become Source. And then we also brought on a co-founder um, to help um, kind of on our journey of distribution, physical and media that is. Um, and her name's Sarah, uh, Sarah Highland. Um, and she had similar pain points with pills and medications and really wanted to reclaim that experience to make it more delightful and enjoyable. Um, so uh, shortly after um, the initial kind of concept of Source, we brought her on and she's been really impactful on product development and ideas that can integrate with her life. Really, how do we tell the story on why chocolate? I know before this, you were an investment banker, right? And you, and you left job and you started Source. Reformed investment banker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but what's been the most important thing you learned as an investment banker, you know, that helped you with Source? Um, great question. I would say margin profile um, and unit economics are probably the most important things that I learned from banking and taking that to source. Um, so with my co-founder and wife, um, Jenny, she comes from a marketing background. So we have a great kind of um, complementary skill set. And I would recommend any co-founders or anyone who's looking to start a business with someone to make sure that you don't have the same skill set or background, but to have different skill sets and complementary skill sets in that. Um, so understanding margin profiles, um, distribution channels, kind of what are profitable ways and profitable channels to grow in and kind of it all is rooted in unit economics. So that is how much does your product cost to make and what can you sell it for and all the other costs in between. Like what are those to fundamentally have a business that's viable? So, yeah. So, I, you know, get this great idea, this aha moment, you do a ton of research. How did you actually start? making the chocolates? God, another great question. So I would say the one thing from my banking experience was that I saw all these other really innovative food companies um, creating products in their kitchen, like whether that's bars or coffees or other food products, like, hey, we can do this in our kitchen. And so we actually bought a small panning machine. A panning machine basically looks like take a cement truck, cut it in half and it's spinning. And that's how you coat um, chocolate to bulk it up or also to put the candy shell on. Um, turns out that there's an art uh, as, there's, as much as it is a science of using the equipment. Um, so we quickly found that uh, we were not gonna be able to make that ourselves without an expert on, to help us with that process. Um, so what we started in the kitchen, there's like coatings going all over the place. So it was spinning around in a cylinder. Um, we got some advice that uh, we should try to backwards engineer our product with a manufacturer that knows what they're doing and can take our concept and our formula to life. Um, so what was initially a pain point with my banking experience, thinking that I could do this myself, because uh, other founders had, was helpful in um, also tapping that network to look for um, potential contract manufacturers. 
Um, so then it was just kind of calling up as many people as we could and pitching them on the idea. Because at this stage, it really was just an idea. And manufacturers want to make sure that this is viable and that they're going to invest time in you, that it's going to be rewarded with business. Um, so that was a, a sales mode um, to find a contract manufacturer that could make our product and really believe in us when we were um, at such a small stage. Um, and we found an amazing partner um, who could really take our vision to life. And uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing the first time we went under the floor and looked at our production run and to see that versus what we had tried to do on our kitchen. So, if, you know, from the kitchen, can you go more depth of, of you don't have to reveal your trade secrets, but actually how you make the chocolates? Cause yeah. Yeah. So we, um, so the nutraceutical or the active ingredient, what makes our products supplements or vitamins and not just tasty chocolates, um, we basically infuse that formula or that blend into um, a specific type of chocolate that helps mask the flavor without using a masking agent. And that's what creates the inner piece, which you can, if you bite into one of our pieces, you'll see that it looks like a couple different separate layers. And that inner piece allows for dosage control. So with supplements, we wanna make sure what we're putting in there is what we're saying is on the actual label. And we test that extensively. Um, and then from there, we bulk it up. So you have the inner piece that's a small piece size, and then we use a couple other different types of chocolate to make that slightly larger. And that's where we use that cement truck process called panning. And I'll have to send you some photos and videos, and it spins continuously for upwards of 24 hours to slowly coat that with additional layers of chocolate. Um, and then we coat it with the, sh um, with the sugar shell to allow the product to kind of maintain that rigidity and also increase the melting point of the products because chocolate, as we know, that can melt in your hand. What were your like first couple products? I know you've, you've added more over time. Uh, yes. And apologies for the background noise. Someone just decided to do some construction uh, on the day of the podcast, but the first product and it was what proved this out was our B12 product called Hype Bites. And um, at the start of the show, I mentioned that Jenny and I had an issue with um, vitamin absorption and specifically with B12. And if you're deficient in B12, you can feel lethargic or, um, or tired and in some cases like really down. Um, so that's what we wanted to start with. And we knew that customers who are plant-based have to supplement this, um, have to find alternative sources of B12 because they can't consume it in their diet. So we knew there was a, a core and a, small, a niche segment of consumers that had this pain point and would latch onto this. So that's the first product we started and actually we're self-funded with that to test to see if there was a market. And it turns out there was a big market. Um, so we started with that product first. Mm -hmm. You know, when did you know that all these products were winning products and people really liked them and they were actually making a difference? Uh, well, the, when we got customer reviews, so the first month, um, I'm forgetting the exact number of when we launched, but we launched with no paid ads, with just a, um, a, an email sign-up list and also one um, vegan publication. And uh, I want to say that first week we did like twenty or $30,000 in sales. Um, and we're just blown away and quickly realized that we couldn't be packing this ourselves because we were, we were fulfilling ourselves at that point. Um, and realized that that was a winning product. And two, we wanted to pull our consumers for what else they were searching for. Like what else did they want to take? Um, and that's how we kind of built up the idea of source creates vitamins to help you look and feel your best. So as we mentioned, B12 can help you feel great. Um, if you're deficient, you can top up your levels. On the other side, we wanted to lean into beauty. 
So we launched our second product, which is Globites, which is a, um, a beauty product. So it's a plant-based alternative to collagen that does a similar same effects um, for skin health without the animal byproducts. Um, so we launched that and that actually um, quickly became um, our best-selling product after Hype Bites and, uh, and, and really realized that we had a, a viable business here and um, needed to raise external funding to help support the growth that, um, that we were seeing. And you, and you talked a bit about getting into publications and, and stuff like that. And as an early startup, it's really hard to get a lot of press and the word out. So what did you do to, to try to reach out to customers? Great question. So from a publication standpoint, Jenny was really targeted. So Jenny's my wife and co-founder. And it was really, she researched a lot on, on various editors and who she should reach out to and, and angles that she'd think would be appropriate. Um, so I, I can take down to that credit. That was all Jenny and her targeted approach with, with editors on specific messaging that they that she thought that they would want to write about. And then from a consumer standpoint, it was how do we find, like, we know that there's a, a segment of the population who has B12 deficiency or is looking for a delightful treat, but how do we reach them? Um, so that was basically thinking about what do they read? What um, publications they look at, newsletters, what brands do they aff um, affiliate themselves with? And how can we get in front of them through those other mediums um, without going through traditional paid media, which is Facebook and Google and, and Instagram for that matter. Um, and again, that was Jenny's, um, Jenny's mind and Jenny's process. And how do we get in front of those customers? Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're still only you know, two years old, even though you've had all this, all this success. What's been the main challenges of being an early startup? Um, there's, no, there's numerous challenges, but I would say it's probably trying to take on too much at once. So we're a small team. Um, we actually didn't make our first full-time hire until the start of 2022. Um, so it was just Jenny and myself and Sarah um, and um, trying to stay focused and really kind of spending our time in the most um, productive areas possible um, has been probably the biggest challenge because there's so much opportunity. And if we had a big team, there's so many different ways we could we could approach um, distributing source to more people. But it's trying to stay focused um, with the limited resources. So limited people we have and also um, limited capital. I know you guys have a third co-founder, actor, actor Sarah Highland, and I heard you guys have a very unique uh, relationship. A lot of celebrities just kind of um, are more, it's more transactional and they just, just advertise it, but she's really involved in the business. Yeah. How do you work together and, and divide responsibilities? That's a great question. So it kind of comes back to what I touched on earlier on how, like a co-founding team. Um, you cannot have all ex-bankers or you can't have all marketers or every single person with the same skill set because you're going to be butting heads and then you're going to have gaps that you guys can't fill with your expertise and background. Um, so this is where the three of us have, of course, totally different backgrounds and experiences. I'm not an actress or actor, neither is Jenny. And that, of course, comes with a different skill set. So I have my experience within banking. So I came with the finance and operations um, experience. Jenny came from a marketing background. So she had... Um, 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 direct to consumer and basically paid media um, experience as well as um, other areas within marketing. And then Sarah, of course, comes with this kind of novel and, and interesting um, background, of course, being an actress for her whole life. And she helps tackle media and physical distribution. So media being press, um, publications, other influencer outreach, basically leveraging her network 
to one, tell her story and how that connects to source and kind of why this kind of all came about. And then two, um, retail distribution. So helping break down doors with retail buyers, um, telling her story with us and, and really um, knocking down doors and using kind of her personal story to connect with the buyer, which we can then tell how that will connect with consumers who are coming into the store. Um, so it's a really, it's a nice kind of bifurcation or split of roles and responsibilities that we each can kind of take um, so that we're not, uh, not duplicating efforts and, and not butting heads. Talk, I'd love to talk about the kind of creative part of the business and and, and, and how you've used branding to, to boost your business. And I know you've done rebrands in your company, right? Yeah, so we um, we did one rebrand and it's kind of an, an evolution or an iterative process. So when we first launched, I think I mentioned this, that we wanted to test one product and see if there was a market. We took a different approach than a lot of brands today where we didn't raise a round of funding first and then create the business and launch. We self-funded initially and actually Jenny created the, the logo and PowerPoint. Um, and we found a freelance designer to create the first iteration of packaging for a couple hundred dollars um, because we didn't have uh, an exorbitant amount of money to spend and wanted to see if the product would basically sell itself in the messaging and the, not the branding. So kind of a different approach and uh, we're blown away by the, by the reception of it. So we wanted to elevate the brand, if you will, to make it feel more premium. And I think uh, you probably have some products, but I think we did a really good job of making it feel more, um, more like a, a supplement or something that you should take um, on a consistent basis and less like candy. Because if you look at our first packaging, it, it does feel more candy-like. Um, and we really wanted to kind of bring a more premium feel to the product because they're clinically backed ingredients and things that are really proven to provide results. And over time, your products have evolved so much. The branding has evolved. How do you come up with those new ideas? Um, so a lot on products, we actually pull customers um, and, and also look at what's performing in the market. But it's really all customer based. Like what, what are you or what are our top customers looking for and what gaps are they currently seeing or, or not getting from source or, or basically grabbing for another brand for or also what's not currently on the market that they would be interested in. So that's how we think the new product development. And then we spend a lot of time with our team to see um, what ingredients are proven, what kind of clinical research can, or, and studies can we do to support any sort of claims or efficacy that's needed. Um, so there's a pretty long process from initial ideation of like what range of things could we go into that are all fitting between looking and feeling your best. And then are there big enough markets there? And then is there, the next step is, is something that we have experience with able to fit that need. Mm -hmm. and, and are you looking at making any new products right now? Yeah, we have a lot of products in, in the pipeline. Um, and we have a couple of novel processes that um, um, have potential for patent protection um, that we're working on right now that I can share more details uh, offline. Um, but they all sit within looking and feeling your best. Um, there's a couple of beauty products that are uh, are very compelling, and I've had a lot of interest from retailers. I'd love to talk about the future of Source and what you kind of want for it. So I'm curious, what's your personal goal for Source in, in 20 years? Um, personal goals, and I think we all would share this on Source, is to make Source a household name, um, to make it 
widely available across uh, across the country. Um, in the first two months, we actually had customers in all 50 states, um, but we were direct to consumer based. Um, and at the end of the day, to reach um, a much broader audience and get the volume that we're looking for, retail is really the play. Um, so to be able to be um, accessible across the country and to ultimately be a household name. So my final question for you today is what's your advice to a young entrepreneur with an idea for a business? Um, I would say heavily vet it and make sure from my perspective that you have unit economics, like I touched on at the start, that um, are strong enough that you can support a business. If it's a, if it's a product-based business or even a, um, a, a software or other service type business, make sure that your unit economics have enough margin to support a business. Um, and everything takes time and to be patient and to know that there will be highs and lows. And um, at the end of the day, it will be worth it. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed learning about Source and I can't wait to get off and have a couple more. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Charlie.